We're living in an hour we have never seen before. And though we've come out of Corona or coming out of this pandemic, we're facing new chapter 15. We preached from 2 Samuel 16 this morning, but I'm going to backtrack now and go to 2 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 12. And I'm going to skip through this verse just randomly, so follow along with me if you can. Verse 12, and Absalom sent for Hithopel, the Gilanite, David's counselor, from his city, even from Gilhoa. While he offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong. It's speaking of the conspiracy of Absalom and his 200 men against David, his father. The conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. There was a rise of insurrection. And there came a messenger to David saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. They followed after him. David said unto all his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, for we shall not else escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly and bring evil upon us. Pay special note. And smite the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servant said unto the king, Behold, thy servants are ready to do whatsoever the Lord, my, my Lord, the king, shall appoint. The king went forth and all of his household after him. And the king left ten women which were concubines to keep the house. That was a good decision. He left the concubines. Verse 22. And David said to Attiah, Go and pass over. And Attiah the Gittite passed over and his men and all the little ones that were with him. And all the country wept with a loud voice and all the people passed over. And the king also himself passed over the brook Kidron. Word brook Kidron means darkness. And the people passed over toward the way 
of the wilderness. Verse 24, Lo, Zadok also, and all the Levites were with him, bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God. They set down the Ark of God, and Abathar went up unto all the people had done, or until, until all the people had done passing out of the city. The king said to Zadok, Carry back the Ark to the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me again and shew me both it and his habitation. But if he thus say, I have no delight in thee, behold, here I am. Let him do to me as seemeth good unto him. Skip down to verse 32 and I close. And it came to pass that when David was come to the top of the mountain where he worshiped God, behold, hushy, the archite, came to meet him with his coat rent and earth upon his head. David worshiped, verse 32. I want to preach here tonight, unshakable faith. Unshakable faith. I toyed with entertaining or the thought of worship, and we sang about it, and we've done that. But now I want to talk about unshakable faith. If you would, lift your hands one more time and just entreat the presence of the Lord to help us now in the Word of God. Jesus... We need your help tonight in your word. Your word is the sword that cuts and divides, joint and marrow, soul and spirit, and discern of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God, I'm asking you today, let your sword pierce this atmosphere. Let it pierce the strongholds that would try to bind and hinder revival that you've given to the church in this evening hour. I pray in the name of Jesus, let it go forth tonight with a clarity and an understanding. In Jesus' name, clap your hands to him as an offering of thanksgiving. To him for his word. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to forego a lot of preliminary remarks about David and his history. And get right into it. I spoke a lot this morning about David and his Goliaths and Saul and on and so forth. Remember just for sake of contextual understanding for those that maybe uh, weren't here this morning or maybe missed it or didn't remember it. David is in a place of transition, a closing of the kingdom. The kingdom now is, if there's ever been a time of David's kingdom being besieged, it would be now. And the besieging of the kingdom was through with Absalom. We... I know there is much talk, and and I said it, alluded to a little bit of it this morning, but there's so much talk and what's what's happening outside in the natural realm. Uh, Natural, the news, and, and, and things of that sort. But this is one thing that you and I need to remember as we view news, or we view or hear things that are happening in our world. We need to understand that what you see in the natural is nothing more than a mirror, a picture of what's happening in the supernatural. That everything that you see on the scale uh, in the natural and what man is doing and the onslaught is nothing more than what's taking place in the supernatural. And here's what I feel so strongly here tonight. It's a battle of position. It's a battle in the supernatural It's something that you and I cannot explain. I cannot uh, give you an algorithm or a mathematical mathematical formula to explain how the supernatural works. 
But there's another element that I learned from the word of God that I know it is very real. And that the element of the supernatural, God is wanting to help you and I understand it. That when we go to our knees in prayer, we understand what to pray to affect the supernatural that in turn will affect the natural. There's a battle for strongholds. There's a battle for high places that are above. It's a battle for our nation. There's a battle going over this world. It's nothing more than you and I understanding as Bible-believing people that the end of the world and the end of time and the, the coming of the Lord is coming. And it's very close for you and I. We understand that because of the signs that we see. But we can't negate our responsibility until he comes. I need to have a faith that says, I can look at everything that's going on in the world and I'm not going to get in the mully grubs. But I understand my God is greater. My God is able My God is able to do things that I cannot do on my own. This is the best hour for the church. This is the best hour. You say when things are at the worst, we should be at our best. There's ever a time for you and I to express faith to a world that is so faithless and hopeless It's now. If there's ever a time to give an answer to a counteracting question or statement, well, I just don't know what this world's coming to. Let me tell you what came to this world. The church of the living God is in this world. And the church that was purchased by the blood of the Lamb has enough power to change this situation. I'll never forget. I heard an old story. Brother T.W. Barnes told, Brother T.W. Barnes, I believe, was a prophet, not only to Israel, he was spiritual or a supernatural, uh, not a natural Jew, but I believe he was a prophet not only in North America, but to the Jews, as I believe Brother Stone King the same. But Brother T.W. Barnes tells a story. He had a very unique way of communicating with God. He would just sit down with God and talk to him. But on this unique day, in particular day, he said, Lord, he said, your blood is more powerful than anything. He said, and that blood represents the greatest defeat of the enemy at Calvary. He holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He said, that blood represents, he said, in one drop of that blood could torment Satan. He said, I'm asking you to do something, Lord. He said, I want you to, on the, the top of his door, wherever he may be, wherever his entranceway is, he's speaking metaphorically. He said, I want you to take a piece of the wood from Calvary. And I want you to take that piece of that wood that's got just one drop of blood. 
And I want you to put that thing right over his doorpost. That every time he moves, wherever he goes here to there, that he would see that drop of blood and it would torment him like he's tormented your people. And he said, at that moment, he said, this part I'm not quite sure, Lucifer, I know Lucifer himself came face to face with Brother T.W. Barnes. He's told that story before. But this one, if I remember the story right, he said when he prayed the prayer, there was one of the most hideous loud screams he had ever heard in all of his life. Here's what you and I need to understand from a very simple story, whether you believe it or you don't believe it. I choose to believe it because I know the power of what the blood of the Lamb can do. One touch of that blood can make cancer go away. One touch of that blood can make peace come to your mind. One touch of the blood can bring restitution and and restoring and a healing to your family and to your home. Don't ever underestimate the blood. That's what we have in the church. That's what should cause you and I with an unshakable faith. The world can shake, but you and I have got a faith in a God that can bring us through anything. Anything. I said it tonight in the prayer room in the fellowship hall when we were praying. That story came back to me, Brother Mike, and I got to praying, Brother Bushnell. God, let that drop of blood. Maybe the, it's gone, or maybe some. I don't know. I ain't been watching Walt Disney. I believe this stuff. But I want one drop of that blood. Pop. 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 And that one drop of the blood. Of Jesus Christ. If we ever get a total revelation of the blood. You can look at things. That are wanting to take you out. And destroy your family. I plead for the blood of the lamb. I plead the blood of Jesus. Over my son. I plead the blood over my daughter's mind. That God when they go into the world. That blood has no authority. Or that blood protects him. And the world has no authority. Over their mind. Over their spirit. Over their heart. The power that the blood holds. Is something that Changes everything. Unshakable faith in who God is. He is a redeemer. Before he ever redeemed you and I, he is. I'm trying to get to my message. So in the battle, in the spirit realm, Sister June is raging. But this story of David depicts to me in a clear picture, not on maybe the scale of what we're facing, but Absalom, his son, blood, revolted against the kingdom of David. You know what Absalom's main traits were? And I I didn't pull them up, I read them briefly. His hair was so beautiful. I missed that blessing. Me and you missed that blessing, brother-in-law. He was beautiful, but pride was in his heart. You see where we are as a nation. The spirit of pride has ran rampant in our world and in our country. Pride is this. Don't tell me what to do. I'll do whatever I want to do. And now everything's under attack that represents authority. From a, from a soldier to a preacher to... Here's why. He was opposing David's position of authority as the king. 
He was opposing David, telling him what he could or what he couldn't do. And his pride. But notice how it worked. He began to work with the people. Here's what one statement says in the very beginning of that chapter 15. He said he would sit where people would come asking questions. Judges would sit at the gate of a city. He would go where the questions were. And they were looking for answers, Brother Jackson. And he would go sit by that gate. And he would tell the people. Well, now, here's the answer. But in a roundabout way, you don't have to do like David says. You don't have to follow what the king is saying. I'm giving you answers. And through deception and manipulation, he began to turn the heart of people. Folks, does this not give us a picture where we are? The heart of people has been turned. I've alluded to it in the pulpit, preaching to a backslider, preaching to a sinner, preaching to somebody that needs a baptism of the Holy Ghost, and their heart is a million miles away. They're looking over here. They're looking down here. They're looking on their phone. They're digging in their nose. They're scratching their ear. They're doing something that is not pertaining Why? Because the spirit of Absalom has loosed itself in this earth. Pride and vanity and opulence that says it's about me. And I will take. And his one objective, Brother Langley, was I want your position. Does it sound a little bit like heaven? When Lucifer was there in the heavens, he said, I will exalt myself. I will be on the throne. I will call myself the most high. They will sing praises unto me. And God said, "Uh uh-huh. You got a whole lot of eyes, so let me take care of that. And in 186,000 miles per second, God cast him down to the earth and cast him out of heaven because God says, I'm holy and pride can't stay. You and I have an unshakable faith that declares God is holy. When pride comes around God God vomits it out And we're at a place in our world Where pride has come before And it's a stench in the nostrils of God You and I are seeing it And if we're not careful as the church We begin to look at all this stuff and we become pessimistic. We become uh, critical. I, 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 well, it just, I, I've said it. Maybe none of y'all, maybe y'all got halos. Almost said holos. Huh? I've said it. I know I, I can't look back on the plow. Come on, God. I'm preaching it. You know, where is the conviction that came? backsliders and sinners and they were praying in an altar and the power of God moved and I believe that's here I believe God's going to give us that and is giving us that whether we see it right now don't I don't want to be dangerous like David and begin to number I'm looking at it saying God I'm not going to number nothing you know the work of the heart and you know what you're doing in the heart all I'm going to do is I'm going to let my faith be unshakable it doesn't matter what they do it doesn't matter what that one does it don't matter what you do you ain't going to change my faith that says God's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can think or ask according to the power that worketh in me Unshakable faith is what God is looking for in this hour. It says, 
I'm not backing up. I'm not slowing down. I'm not stopping preaching wide open. You don't stop worshiping wide open. You don't stop sacrificing wide open. You don't stop. You and I do what we know God's called us to do. And that shows to the enemy. You can't shake my faith. You can't rattle my cage. You can throw your best thing at me. But you hear me. I got a resource. The blood. And if I can call on the blood. I can plead it over my house. I can plead it over my family. I can plead it over my children. I can plead it over my grandbaby. unshakable ever look at somebody and you look in their eyes and there's a fire for the things of God that their mouth can't even express but when you look in their eyes there's something you see that's unshakable faith that's what the old timers had that's what the elders had before us that's what A.W. Tozer and all these Pentecostal uh, pioneers had way before this is what uh, uh, Polycarp, John, all the apostles Unshakable faith. For Polycarp to be a, he was a disciple of John. John the disciple died about 80, 90. Polycarp, 80 something years old. I've told you the story, but I'm going to tell it again because it's just good. Polycarp's old, 80 something years old. Soldiers come knocking at his door and says, we're here to take you to the governor. Polycarp says one thing, let me pray before I go. And according to historians, he began to pray. And he prayed so intently and so fervently that those men at the door were converted by the power of God before they ever got taken, before he ever got taken away. It didn't stop where he was going, but along the way he took a few people with him. What would ever happen if a little trouble came to you and I and we began to pray fervently in that moment? We began to pray intently. It might not stop the problem. It might not fix all your trouble, but I could take a couple people with me and say, let me tell you what God has done let me tell you what God's done in my yesterdays he brought me through when nobody else lended a hand to me that's unshakable faith I want our young people to have your unshakable faith unshakable faith that you move into that high school you move into that elementary and it doesn't shake you're godly and you reach into that place and God gives you a harvest from our schools something that would shake everything around so here's Absalom Absalom come against David vanity pride he turned the hearts of people against authority. If you don't get nothing out of my message, get that. That's the spirit that is loosed in this hour. Go to a young person out on the street or in the church, wherever. Son, you don't need to. Don't, don't, let, let me teach you about this. Really? Why I got to do that? Why I got to live holy? Why I got to live godly? Well, I got to be faithful to the house of God. But God's transforming young people that have unshakable faith that says, I'm ready to give hell a bad day. That every time you go to that mic and you begin to sing, it ain't just you singing, but it's an unshakable faith saying, here I am, a young person, and hell might have wanted to take me out, but I'm still here. I wish some of you would get a mind, I'm still here. 
I'm still here. Hell tried to destroy me. I'm still here. Hell tried to destroy my family. I'm still here. That's unshakable faith. He threw his best and I got back up. He threw his best shot and I got back up. What was meant to kill me, what was meant to destroy me, I got up. I'm still here. You're still here. I'm still here. He he meant for you to lose your mind, but you're still here. He meant for you to die. He meant for me to die in that car wreck, but I'm still here. See, there's a confidence that comes with that. When you're living right and you got yourself in alignment with God, fear don't have authority. See, that's what's in this world. It's trying to bump faith off the throne and put fear on the throne. It's wanting to bump your faith in God and put fear in man. You need to hear me. David understood the revelation. I'd rather wander in the wilderness and be in the will of God than to operate under the will of man for one day. I'd rather wander in the wilderness, but I'm in the will of God, than to sit in the seat of human will. The seat that human will is in control. And David recognized his boy Absalom coming against him, and him trying to take that throne. But notice what he says in whatever verse when I started that. I don't even remember where it's at, but where it talked about the city. David said, we got to go. I don't know, you can find it somewhere about the city. It says where he'd take the city. I don't know the verse. He said, we need to leave because Absalom's coming. But in there, it wasn't just about me. He said, if he comes to the If he comes, he's going to divide the city. David cared more about the kingdom of God being divided than he did his own kingdom being rent from him. If God allows you to lose your kingdom, whatever it is in your identity, maybe you're a master physicist or maybe you're you're eBay dude or Twitter dude. What's all them guys that are rich? Zuckerberger? You're him. And let's just pretend he got God. And God, oh, you got everything. You're you're the, you're the, what do you do? Facebook. You got Facebook. You're billions, billions. That's your kingdom. And if you don't use that for God's kingdom, it's your kingdom. But in that moment, If God allowed it to be stripped from you, that's the test of whether you were in it for him or for you. Do you see what bombards our minds as church people? 
This is what's hitting up against us. It's a clashing of the kingdoms. God's kingdom or the kingdom of Absalom, pride, flesh. And because of that, strongholds have been established all over. And the answer God's given for you and I is to have unshakable faith that I can look at a stronghold in the supernatural of whatever it may be, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, perversion, whatever it is. And I can look at that eyeball to eyeball and say, by the authority of the name of Jesus, you got to go. You can't destroy another life. And when you and I as the church begin to pray with a fervency and an intensity that says, I'm not getting up from here until something breaks in the spirit. I'm not here just to give you a now lay me down to sleep prayer but I need a prayer that replicates my unshakable faith I'm going to give you an unshakable prayer but let it be known I've got unshakable faith for the things of God and when it came against him look what David said we going David was not running from trouble David was running from disunity and what we've got coming against us is trying to bump the church out of its position of authority it's trying to bump daddies out of its place of authority you're the head of that home you can pray with an authority in that home that'll cover that wife and cover them kids and the enemy's wanting to bump you out but all it would take Micah is what you did here tonight I got unshakable faith I don't care what people think I don't care what the congregation thinks I'm going to worship him I'm going to praise him I'm going to lift my hands I'm going to give him some demonstration of unshakable faith so he tried to bump him didn't work not in David that's what someone wants to remove you that's what someone wants to remove you you stand for something there's an old anointing on you And that's why she's under such severe attack. It's spiritual. Yeah, it's physical. Yeah, I know you're getting older. I get all that. But some of this is spiritual. And you got an old anointing that rests on you. And here's what he don't want you to do. Is exemplify that unshakable faith. But every time the house of God's open. You're out worshiping. You're out praising. Here's what I'm going to believe. God take that unshakable faith of that elder. Let that transfer to mom. And let there come a healing. And a miracle in that. Folks if this is a spiritual battle. Then we're going to have to deal with it in the spiritual. We can't deal with it in the flesh. We can't deal with it in our human intellect. We're going to have to go to the word of God and wrestle against not flesh and blood but principalities and powers and wickedness in high places and tear it down so Absalom David didn't waver David was against disunity he was going to save that city you know why It was Jerusalem. It was Zion. It was where God said his name was going to be. See, David was fighting for a city that wasn't his. It was God's. I wonder what if ever happened to us. This ain't my church. This is God's. I wish I had more amen than that. That ain't your pew. That's God's. 
We're tenants to the land. And I'm the under shepherd. I'm the one to, you're there to help. And us together as a family can go into the things that God has for us. That we can fervently reach for the backslider. We can fervently with an unshakable faith reach for the lost. And break every principality and power. He didn't want disunity to come to the city and where God was going to put his name. I wonder if we would take it with the severity that David did, the preciousness of the name. I'm washed in the blood. His name's been called over me. His name's been called over you. You're a house of God. It's a building. You're the house. You're the tabernacle of God in flesh. I'm the tabernacle. Not Jesus, but we're tabernacle. That ultimately we're going to become the temple of God down the road. If I understand his name is there, why would I want to divide him? I know it's my birthday. Y'all don't still have to feed me after this, but I'm going to preach this way anyhow. What if I tried to divide him and pick him apart? The kingdom. Don't let that get in our spirit. Don't let the spirit of the world. We always preach about the world and holiness. And rightfully so. We need to dress godly. I got all that. But what about the other spirit of the world. That tries to divide me and you. It tries to put a wedge between me and you. It tries to separate. Why? Because if there's a crack in the wall. If there's a fracture in the wall. You and I lose our potency. But if we stay together. And we love one another. And we reach for one another. And we help one another. I want to do right because my brother needs my help. He needs my. That's unshakable faith. That's what David had. David could have killed Absalom. David could have stayed in the city and won. But for the sake of the common good of the kingdom of God, David said, I can't let this happen. God's got to take care of this. And David leaves. And Absalom comes in with his men. Or begins to come that way. To take the position that he's out of order for. Musicians, y'all come. I want to close. And David got his people around him. And they begin to cross. Or they're moving in the direction to cross. Leaving from Absalom. The rebellion. The pride. That was coming against authority. David said, I can't let this happen. I got to protect the people. I got to protect the city. Now watch what happens to the people. Zadok, one of the high priests, comes to David and says, David, we got the ark. And we're following you with the ark. Does anybody remember what David said? Send it back. Why? Because here's David. This shows you the man David was. I don't ever want God's glory associated with a man. How many times have I said from this pulpit, this ain't got nothing to do with Scott Benoit. This has got to do with the purpose and the promises of God that God has for this location. And not hell, not anybody can stop it. Now you might not be in it. Because once the train leaves the station, it's going to be hard to catch up to a freight train. And the train slowly moving the station. 
out of the station. But it's the purpose of God that's here. It's the purpose of God that God's wanting to do a miracle. And we have exemplified unshakable faith. After Corona, we're still here. After all the craziness out in the world, I don't, I, I don't, I've seen clips and heard what's going on out there. But you still feel peace in here. Still feel peace. Why? Unshakable faith is in here. And wherever there's unshakable faith that says it doesn't matter what happens out there. David said, send the ark back because the glory will never be associated with the man. It's associated only with him. Here's my last statement. Y'all get ready. Warm them. I'll, I'll even go up here to prove I'm telling the truth. Listen. Hell is afraid of a man because I'm speaking myself. Woman. That cannot be bought out or controlled. Hell's afraid of that. You can't to a man that you could throw a wad of hundred dollar bills in front of him and cause him to compromise and he says I don't want that because it would displease God hell's afraid of a man that won't compromise his beliefs but holds with an unshakable faith and says you can't control me with that you can't control me with your political agenda you can't control me with your political venue you can't control me with it because I understand my allegiance is not to your kingdom. My allegiance is to his kingdom. My allegiance is not to you. My allegiance is to him. Your allegiance needs to be to him, not to me. And when God finds a man and a woman that says, I'm in this because I want God's kingdom to be magnified. God will pour out upon that individual the blessings in the midst of everything David did, he crossed Kidron. And when he crossed Kidron, the word means it's a valley. They wept. It means dark. You know what the brook Kidron was? It was between the Mount of Olives and the, the wall of the temple. It was a valley. In that valley, Brother Jackson, you know what was in there? Poo-poo. All the excrements from the animals, all the guts from the animals, all the sewage from the city, it all went into the brook Kidron. It means darkness. And David had to cross it knowing when he crossed that, that brook, the excrements, the dirty, the nasty, unclean, when he got to the other side, he said, if the Lord wants to bring me back, he'll bring me back. See, God, the enemy's afraid of somebody that says, my life's not my own. It's the Lord's. That's what the early church had in the book of Acts. My life's not my own. It's his. And when he knows he's got somebody's life and the enemy knows he... Unshakable faith will cause this thing to turn. I tell you again, 
there's a revival of backsliders that God's going to bring through these back doors. There's a revival of sinners that God's going to bring through that back door. There's a revival and a harvest that God's going to bring. Churches all over North America that understand, I can't let without here's happening shake my faith. I got to show it I got unshakable faith and prove to the world the church is still the best place to be in this end time. Stand with me. I was short-winded tonight. I didn't go very long. But I feel I've delivered what the Holy Ghost would want us to know. Is there anybody here that's just got a... My old pastor used to say, is there anybody that's just got a... Yes. I'm out of wind. I do it. Just a yes. My faith is unshakable. My faith is relentless. Step out of that pew tonight. If you've got an unshakable faith and declare the Lord is on the throne. The Lord righteous, high and lofty is on the throne. And nothing can stop the church.